Welcome, Door Creek. Welcome to tonight's service. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Um, we do appreciate wherever you are. If you're at home, sitting back and relaxing, thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to continue our series in the Word of God. We're going to continue in the book of John, Come and See. Come and See. Now, it's important for us to realize the, the message that John is giving us as he um, presents to us the Son of God, the King, the Messiah. It is that time now for Jesus to, to come out as the King, to come out as the Messiah. And so we're going to dig down in the scriptures and we're going to see how John is presenting him. But we're going to look closely upon what it means to go through a crisis. Something I think we all can relate to. What is a crisis? How do we go through a crisis? How do you manage a crisis? How do you pray through a crisis? And we're going to see how God gives us the tools in order to make it through the crisis. All right? So we're going to be finishing up chapter 4. But let's review a little bit from the beginning of John. When we talked about in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and all of that. He introduced us to Jesus. John introduced us to Jesus. Jesus went on. He turned water into wine. He encountered Nicodemus. He met a woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well. Yeah. And then we come to this point now where Jesus is bringing us to a point where we will realize who he is and who we are in him. So we're going to be looking at come and see, take him at his word. We're going to be completing um, chapter 4 here, 43 through 54. So if you can grab your Bibles, your iPods, your iPads, your iPhones, or your eyeglasses, wherever you are, we can grab them. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to read through the scripture. I'm going to read through the entire scripture. And then we're going to come back and we're going to break it down into three sections. All right. Starting at verse 43. After the two days, Jesus left for Galilee. Now, Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they had also been there. Once more, he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine and there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. Talking about a crisis, right? Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied. Your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word. Remember that. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that that was the exact time in which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. All right. 
So here it is. Jesus is now in his public ministry, his first year in public ministry. And he is now being recognized as the Lord, as the King, as the coming Messiah. There's no more hidden, and now it is known who he is. So Jesus makes this return trip to Galilee, to Cana, where he turned water into wine. Now, understanding the travelings of Jesus, Jesus went from Judea to Galilee to a wedding, came back to the Judean countryside, then going back to Judea, he went through Samaria. Now, from Judea to Galilee is about a 125-mile trek, right? So we know it wasn't easy, but Jesus, as loving and kind as he is, would do anything so that his people would know his word. And so here we are. This official meets him. So let's look at the first section here. Our sermon goal, first of all, this is the goal here. I want to encourage you to activate your faith in the midst of a crisis. Now, would you agree that everybody has a crisis sometime in their lives? Would you agree with that? We can't get away from it. Crises happen. But we don't want to be Christless through our crises, right? We want to make sure Christ is in us. And so we're going to be looking at this official who was in the midst of a crisis and where Jesus came in and helped him. First section, Jesus' works testify for him. Verse 43 through 45, it reads, After two days he left to Galilee. Okay, this is after two days that he spent in Samaria where he was speaking to the woman at the well. Now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they had also been there. So Jesus points out that a prophet or a, a, a one is not honored in their own country or in their own town. And I can certainly relate to that. People who, who grew up with me and who know me from childhood, from running around, playing in the sandbox and all of that, just see me as an ordinary person. And I am. I mean, I'm, I'm nothing special. But they would honor someone else who they didn't know more than the ones that they knew. There was a story about a preacher, <laughs> and some of you uh, teachers probably can relate to this. This pastor, he would preach a sermon for 10 years. He's preaching a sermon on salvation and on sin. And the people are like, hum, 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 hum. yeah, that's good. That's a, that's a good basic message, pastor. That's, that's good that you preach that. So he invited a guest preacher in. And he preached on the same thing. He preached on sin and salvation. And the people were like, oh, my God, what a message. What a great message. And the pastor's like, wait a minute. I've been preaching that same thing to you for 10 years. He's without honor amongst his own people. But bring in a guest. It's like, this is the best thing we've had in a long time. So Jesus was treated like that. He was, from, he was from Galilee. He was from there. But they didn't treat him with that respect. But this particular time, they did. Why? Because they saw what Jesus did during the Passover. They saw the works of Jesus. They saw what God was capable and able to do. Yeah, he went to the temple, turned the tables over and all that. I wouldn't mess with him either. 
I would honor him too. Yeah, but they saw it. So here he's receiving the honor that is so deserved. His works spoke to him. Second section. I like this section. This is the crisis. We're entering the crisis. The official departed with the word in his heart. Verse 46. Say, once more Jesus visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. Remember now, Capernaum is about 21 miles. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Does this sound like a crisis? I remember the first time my daughter, she was, uh, she was maybe one, and she had a, a, a seizure. She was sitting on my lap, and she had a seizure. And I freaked out. We freaked out. I was like, oh, my God, what is happening? She's going to die. You know, we just, we just didn't know what to do. But the peace of God came in and, and, he, and it, you know, comforted us. He came in and he healed her. But you just don't know when you're, when you're in the midst of a crisis, all kinds of things come to your mind. You don't know where to go. You don't know where to turn. You don't know where to run to. We need Christ in the midst of our crisis. So this man heard that Jesus was, or he had arrived in Galilee. Now he had to hear that Jesus was coming to Galilee because he heard that he had arrived there. So he was anticipating Jesus coming to Galilee. So when Jesus arrived in Cana in Galilee, the man left Capernaum and he met Jesus and he begged him and he said, Jesus, please come down and heal my son who was close to death. Look how Jesus responded. Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will never believe. Really, Jesus? I'm here begging you. Pouring out my heart for my son who's dying. And you're going to respond unless you people see signs and wonders you will not believe? Now, if that was me, I would have felt this big. But what did the man do? He just kind of brushed it off. He just kind of shoved it to the side. He said, what did he say? He said, sir, come down before my child dies. As though Jesus didn't even say anything to him. And he just totally ignored Jesus saying, you look for a sign and you look for wonders. He said, listen, I ain't got time for all this. Please come down and heal my son before he dies. And Jesus responded, he said, go. Your son will live. Now, why did Jesus have to go through all of that? You look for a sign and wonder. You won't believe unless you see it. But the man said, listen, regardless, signs and wonders, nothing. I need your help right now, Jesus. Jesus said, go. Your son will live. That's all he needed to hear. That's all. Now, sometimes we try to negotiate. We try to say, come on, Jesus. Come on. Hurry up. You know, you need to come on now. Remember Jairus' daughter and, and the woman that with the issue of blood interrupted all of that? He was saying, you need to get here in a hurry. Remember Lazarus when he was dying? If you would have gotten here, my brother wouldn't have died. We try to hurry, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. But the man took his word, took him at his word, and he departed. How many of us take Jesus at his word? How many of you out there take him when he says, this is it, this shall be, I'm going to do this. Do you believe it and take him at his word? Or do you need him to prove it to you? Do you need him to show you signs? People used to pray, Lord, used to pray, Lord, show me and I'll believe it. 
Jesus said, no, believe it and I'll show you. You want to see signs, but all the man had was his word. Hallelujah. And that's all we need, people of God, is his word. When we have the word of God, that's everything. Amen. You can say amen. When you have the word of God, you've got the power. When you have the word of God, you've got the answer. Well, the man departed with the word in his heart. Ha. Jesus said, my son will live. Regardless of what the doctor says, regardless of what my friends say, regardless of what the report says, Jesus said, go, your son shall live. This last part. Look how the man responds. Look, look, look what happens. Verse 51. While he was still on the way. That's important right there. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. The word came to pass. While he, the man hadn't even made it home yet. He was still on his way home. You see, he went home, but before he got home, Jesus had already sent the healing. So when he went, the healing was sent. He didn't have to get home and realize it. He was told on the way home that his son was alive. And he said he asked them, what time did this happen? They said, oh, about one o'clock in the afternoon, and he realized this was the same time that Jesus spoke his word to me. At one in the afternoon, the fever left him. And the father realized that this was the same time Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. So it wasn't just about the son. It was about his house. It's not just about your situation. It's about your family. It's about friends around you. It's about people around you. It's about your enemies, your friends and your foes, your relatives and all of them. The word of God is power. It doesn't get weak after it's touched one person and say, oh, now it's weakened. It gets stronger and stronger. And when we trust God and when we take God at his word, we will be victorious in life. Yeah, there'll be times when we feel down. There'll be times when we will fall down, but his word will pick us up. There will be times when, when, when you are at the brink of giving up, when you want to throw in the towel, but his word, hold on to his word with everything that you have. Because his word will see you through. There are marriages hurting. There are people's livelihood that's in crisis. There are loved ones who are sick. There are kids in hybrid and, and, and homeschooling and confused and don't know what to do. Parents don't know what to do. It's a crisis. But hold on to God's word. Let Christ into your crisis. And let him, his word, work it out. So, Pastor, you're talking about crisis, so how do I manage? Because sometimes it seems like I got a crisis every day. It seems like there's a crisis every day. Laundry's piling. No, that's a crisis, you know? It seems like there's a crisis every day. Man, my 16-year-old didn't wash dishes. Oh, it's a crisis. 
listen, this is how we manage a crisis. Look. Pray. Duh, right? Pray. Prayer connects our heart to God's ear. Simple, isn't it? Pray. But how many times do we forget to do that? How many times do we lose that thought? The word. Get in the word. Okay? Get out of the magazines and the newspaper. Yeah? Get in the word. God's word gives activation to our faith. Faith. Faith comes by hearing what? God's word. So in order to have faith, we got to hear God's word. If we don't have God's word, there's no way we can have faith. Right? You can't have faith by something you make up or something that you just hope for. So I have faith that I'm going to be an NBA player. No, if God's word is not, okay, right? Ball boy, okay? If God's word doesn't say it, then you can't activate your faith. Your faith is activated by God's word. The man received God's word and he went with it and God answered his prayer, right? He went with it. He received and believed God's word and that's what he received. Last, the next one, trust. Trusting the one who cures and the one who cares. And who is that? Who is that? Yes, God or Jesus. Sharing. And this is, this is the only um, natural one. All these are spiritual. This is the only natural one. Sharing. Connecting your hurt with someone else's heart. Talking about it. Talking to someone. Don't carry that load by yourself. Don't go through that crisis by yourself. Talk to someone about it. You talk to God. You get in the word. You trust God. And then God will bring somebody in your path for you to talk to them so that your hurt can reach their heart and they can pray with you and they can trust God with you. This is how you manage crisis. You don't just let things go. You don't just let things be. You don't just say, okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. You don't say, ah, oh, just throw in the cards and however they fall. No, we serve a living God. We serve a risen God. We serve a, a risen Christ who saves, who delivers, who heals. It doesn't have to be whatever will be. Pray and trust and believe in God and take him at his word. This is how you manage a crisis. Don't let the crisis manage you. You manage the crisis. Say, crisis, you ain't going to have me today. Crisis, you're not going to control this day. Oh, yeah, I know trouble on every side. I know, you know, things are happening. I know you know, the laundry is, is piling up, but this is going to have to pile up. But you're not going to have me today because I stand on the word of God that gives me strength. It says that I'm an overcomer that says I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Crisis is not going to control me, but Christ is. Did you catch that? The crisis won't control me, but Christ will. All right, pastor, what does praying through a crisis do? I'll show you. It strengthens our relationship with God. How can you have a relationship with God if you never talk to him? Any spouses in here? If your spouse don't talk to you, do you have a good relationship? Some of you might say, yeah, I love it. <laughs> We've got to communicate with God. We got to talk to him. It strengthens our relationship. No, we're not perfect and God knows we're not perfect. God's not looking for us to be perfect. That's why his grace is sufficient for us. 
His strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. Hey, what else is it? It softens our heart to receive from God. It puts us in a position to receive what God is saying. And prayer is heard by God. It's not a prayer that just hits the roof and comes back down, hits the ceiling and comes. God hears our prayer. God hears our prayer. So pray. Don't be by yourself. Don't be alone. Don't have a pity party when you're going through your crisis. Call on Jesus. Call on those prayer partners, those prayer warriors that you know who will pray with you and not pray on you, P-R-E-Y. But they will pray for you and will lift your name up and they will lift you up high and say, God, they need you right now. Because we all will find ourselves someday, somewhere in a crisis mode. And what is a crisis mode? Glad you asked. It's the state of high alertness and change priorities that we use to manage extremely challenging and threatening situations. Now, I know you might say, well, dirty, this is not a threatening situation. No, it's not. But if it keeps going on and going on and going on, it can become an extremely challenging situation, right? But what you're going through, it might be the, the, uh, the, uh, the health of a loved one suffering and going through right now. Um, it might be your, 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 your job has, has laid you off. You know, the wealth of your livelihood is going through some changes. This is your crisis uh, or, or, or how you're trying to help your kids adjust to this new way of, of learning. A crisis. A crisis. But God's he specializes, Jesus specializes in showing up when there's crisis. He specializes. Do you remember 5,000 men? And probably 8 to 10 if you count women and children that Jesus fed with two fish and five loaves of bread? Could you imagine what the disciples felt? That was a crisis, wasn't it? How are we going to feed Eight to 10,000 people with a few fish and a few loaves of bread. But Jesus stepped in the crisis and he told them, sit down, divide it up. Don't worry about it. It's going to be all right. How do you think it felt when the disciples were in the ship and the ship was, was, was being filled up with water and Jesus was down sleeping and they said, Master, don't you care if we perish? And Jesus spoke the word and said, peace, be still. In the midst of the crisis, Jesus stepped in the middle. He was in the center. Hallelujah. And he made it all right. Another time, Jesus is praying on the mountain. The disciples are on the ship, and they're out in a storm, and they get scared. And Jesus is walking on the water. He said, don't fear. It is I. He stepped in. He shows up in your crisis. The wedding at Cana, when they ran out of wine, Bad thing to do at a Jewish wedding. A bad thing to do is run out of wine. But Jesus said, don't worry. It's going to be all right because I'm here at this wedding. He said, go and fill the jugs up and then pour. And that good old wine came out because Jesus showed up. He's in the crisis with you. You are not alone. You are not by yourself. Jesus is with you. Like he told the disciples, I'm on this ship with you. We're not going down. I'm in your heart. I'm in your life. You're not going to be defeated. 
He looked at it. And we took him at his word. We take him at his word. And then we trust in him and believe that he will work it out. All we have to do is take him at his word. You don't have to try to negotiate with him. You don't have to try to force him. You don't have to try to drag Jesus physically to the place. Just believe his word because his word has power. It can heal from one place to another place. If he speaks it, his word obeys. It does not come to him, return to him void. His word will always stand. It will never fail. Take him at his word. The 10 lepers. Remember the 10 lepers? He took him at his word. Jesus told him, go show yourself to the priests. He said, well, why would we do that? He's going de- to deem us unclean. Why would we do that? Jesus said, go show yourself. And as they went, ah, catch that? As they went, they were healed. You see, if Jesus said go, you got to go. As they went, you're not going to get it just standing there. Like this man, the official son, he departed with the word in his heart. Had he stayed there and tried to negotiate with Jesus and say, well, Jesus, you know, we got time before it gets dark. If you hurry up, we can get back to Capernaum. So why why don't you come on? No, he said, I ain't got time. He told me what he's going to do. I'm believing it. Are you believing what God is telling you? Are you holding on to it? Okay, the word of God is not a a, a magic um, puff of smoke or anything like that. The word of God is truth. The word of truth. And when we know God's truth, his truth makes us free. When we know God's truth, his truth can transcend anything we come against. God's truth. The Samaritan woman, her life was changed just by the Lord speaking. He said, you shall have living water. She ran back and told everybody, come on and see this man who spoke into my life. He showed up in the midst of my crisis. My crisis was right here at this well, at Jacob's well. And he showed up in the midst of my crisis. And I took him at his word and he changed my life. Hallelujah. And I trust in God who can change my life. He picked me up one day. He turned my life around and he gave me hope. Are you trusting his word? And then there was this old sick woman for 12 years. I don't even know if she was old. I shouldn't say that. There's this woman who was sick <laughs> for 12 years. She spent everything she had but got worse. She heard Jesus coming through the town. And she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I can be made whole. Even in her weakened condition, she pressed through the crowd. Even in her ostracized position, because she was flowing with blood, she pressed through the crowd. And Jesus said, woman, your faith has made you whole. He was in the midst of her crisis. So what are you going through today? What's your crisis? Are you trusting God's word? You got to know his word. You got to receive his word. Trust his word. And then as I always say, once you get it, you spread his word. You tell someone else about it. 
This man's whole household believed. The woman at the well told the whole town that Jesus did. The disciples spread the word that Jesus is the Messiah. John said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We've got to take this word. We take him at his word, and then we take his word, and we share it with someone else. So maybe you're out there today, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. And you're in the midst of a crisis, because if you don't know Jesus, you're in a crisis. If you're not following Jesus, you're in a crisis. So today, if you would give your heart to Jesus, the Word of God tells us that we all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. He says, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. God demonstrated his love toward us while we were all yet sinners. He died. Christ died for us. Now today, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Will you pray with me today? Will you pray this prayer with me that you will receive Jesus Christ into your life and invite Christ into your crisis that you can believe and hold to his word? Will you pray with me? Dear Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. Forgive me for all my sins. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for my sins. He rose for my life. Today, by grace, through faith, I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. If you're out there and you receive Christ into your life for the first time, please let us know. We love to pray with you. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us.